This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers, Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF much. Cedric Esped, sunk. AO, torching the blindside blue paper once again. Uh, you can, you, you know, look, you don't have to be in the room with him, but you can sense through the medium of radio, the magic of radio, the power, the poke, the grunt, the passion of the Sumster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth here on an Easter weekend at ABC Grandstand HQ. And remember our charity partners, speaking of uh, charity and the Easter and so on and the gift of giving, that's Easter rabbit gift of giving. Uh, the Blinker Nights of Balaclava will be trackside throughout the 2021 Autumn Carnival, which obviously kicks on again this weekend. Uh, the Knights are sporting uh, the Rooting King Lodge colours. And if you run it, well, let's face it, if you do have a run of punting outs, and sometimes, let's face it, sometimes people do, uh, obviously most of the time I'm with winners. And uh, it's very hard for me to put myself into the shoes of somebody who's having a run of outs, especially punting outs. But if you do find yourself on the wrong side of the ledger, then the Knights will find you. And don't be surprised if a hefty punt keeper, Easter bunny, chocolate dip, quaddy top up is shoved into your hip pocket or handbag. It's the Knights way of saying happy rugby league, Australia. Patriotic plumbers, Rugby league fly now, pay later, sightseers, welcome to bludging on the blind side. Cabinet shufflers. Whoa, didn't Australia get a real boot up the date with the cabinet reshuffle that ScoMo pulled on in the week? And God talks to me, bun eaters, that's cross bun eaters. Uh, H.G. Nelson opening the blind side dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. A week when too much sport is barely enough. And in breaking news, the man of feathers... So there's nothing wrong with rugby league. That's the feathered view. I made up the rules so they must be great, seems to be the view coming from the pantaloons of plumage. Uh, Incidentally, the pantaloons uh, put uh, a down payment on the scone TAFE this week. He swapped hats. Uh, This great facility will now become a centre of equine excellence in the Upper Hunter. More on this in a moment. I think it's a great breakthrough. As I understand it, 1,300 units of, uh, you know, obviously student accommodation will be built in a seven-high story with a casino on top. You can get ideas cross-pollinating from one code to another, uh, like I think that's the Crow Packer house uh, design, 13 floors with a casino on top. They haven't gone quite that big in TAFE, Scone. They're only going up seven, but it's casino on top, top still. Motorsport F1 and the season opener was an action-packed affair in Bahrain, Hamo. One in a nail biter from, oh, do I have to mention his name? Just put fingers in your ears and I'll whisper it to you. Verstappen. Who, predictably enough, claimed he was robbed. I mean, where does this bloke get off? He came out moaning, he's still moaning. 
the F2 champ, uh, Michael Schumacher, son of the great, or should I say Mick Schumacher, son of the great Michael Schumacher, had his first drive at this level and, in a surprise to everyone, came in last. Australian Daniel, Daniel Ricciardo, plugged home seventh, said he could not extract any pace from the all-new McLaren. Now, I think if listeners will remember last week that we broke the story here that the McLaren was frighteningly fast and Ricciardo didn't know how he'd be able to control the power. But now he can't extract any pace from the car. I mean, between these two extremes, the truth obviously lies. Look, I know how Ricciardo feels. I could never extract any pace from the Holden HQ. I mean, they promised so much that Holden HQ all those years ago, but I couldn't get it wound up to anything. Apart from the pace problem, Daniel had a great weekend. Manama, I don't know how you say this, Manamia, I think is his kind of town. That's the capital in Bahrain. I might have put an extra vowel in there that isn't needed. Uh, boxing, let me just say this and join the club when I say this, the hype is real. According to the loser, Dennis Hogan, that was his great takeaway from the bout in Newcastle Wednesday night. He uh, whispered in Zoo's ears at the clinch after the blood had stopped flowing. Uh, the hype is real. Tim, keep going. Everyone wanted the fight to stop early. Uh, most people thought that could have stopped after about 30 seconds, but the towel was eventually thrown in in the fifth, and the only one who wanted the sting con to continue was, predictably enough, Tim Zhu. Uh, Aussies fired up by the Promise of Australia. Tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly black-backed-up stallage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go. Once you've stepped up and had a go, get a go. That's Australia. That's Australia's Easter message from the bloke at the top who doesn't hold a hose. If you've got something already, I think this is his message as well, then for Australia's sake, get in the queue for another go. Uh, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf on, uh, or move the big bludging dinghy out of the Suez Canal, let's lock horns with a man who this week completed his stint at the Volandes Institute's summer school retraining our senior citizens as jockeys. You may remember when we signed off last year, that was going to be the summer school, that we're opening the doors on the summer school and a lot of seniors were coming along and retraining as jockeys. It was a great experience for all concerned. 13 weeks of hardcore bum in the saddle, stoolage in the stall, horse fun. It was a triumph. They, the students loved it. The older OAPs came alive. Uh, they lived on the track in a couple of abandoned horse floats and the top jockeys, including uh, Woodus Boys, uh, that's Fractious Bruce and Weed, were on hand to show the seniors the shortcuts to victory. And believe you me, there's hardly a trick that the Woodus Boys don't know about. Sadly, uh, the delayed slipper meant that Australia could not see the stars of tomorrow, that's the senior stars of tomorrow, in action with the Persuader at Rose Hill last weekend. But they'll be racing across Australia today. As a result of the Rooting King Lodge Summer School, there are now nine fully ticketed former OAPs riding across rural and regional Australia. I mean, it's a great boot up the bum for the racing industry. National Party leader, that's Michael Fingerstaps McCormick, described the summer school as an equine revolution. When he spoke at the passing out parade on Tuesday, he congratulated the graduating hoops, Tugger, Jamie, Flo, Stewie, Mel, Choco, Rach and Fluff, who will be in action, as mentioned, across rural regional Australia all over the weekend. Micmac dubbed them the Lithgow Nine, even though there were only eight. That's how much he admired their work. Now, the, incidentally, the Volandis uh, Summer Institute blueprint, it will form the basis of the first year of tuition at the new TAFE campus that is now owned 
by uh, Peter Volandis, as mentioned earlier. That campus will be opened by the Queen on Anzac Day via Zoom. Yeah, it's a great get to get the Queen on Anzac Day. She's as busy as hell on Anzac Day. And obviously she'll open it remotely, but it'll be great to see her in action there at uh, the Scone TAFE. The genius behind this incredible equine educational revolution and endeavour is rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy! Can we get the bludging on the blind side season underway again or get the bunny in motion simply by asking what highlights caught your wrestler side this week? Ah, dude. Thank you very much, Ashley Nelson, and uh, happy Easter. Look, I just happened to be uh, walking past a primary school during the week. Must have been Tuesday, I think. Uh, lovely morning it was, and uh, the window was open in one of the classrooms. Uh, the teacher walked in and the class said as one, Happy Rugby League, Miss Thomas. Yes, happy Rugby League, kids. Uh, now, could you get out your exercise? And I just walked on and honestly, it was so uplifting. Mm, that's great. And it was a real panacea for what has been a really weird time we're living in at the moment, HG. I mean, I'm not just talking COVID here. I'm talking largely, uh, it seems, conservative politicians disappearing into toilets with phones and cooking up... Ideas. Weird, weird, weird things that are just weird to me by any way you measure them. And it reminded me of, you know, students of history would know more about this than me, of the, say, the the Hellfire Club of about 1720, I want to say, through to about 1760. That was a golden era. That was a golden era where politicians would uh, really get together and go silly. I mean, there were obviously... Was the age of enlightenment, sure, and there weren't any. There was an upside. Well, there weren't any mobile phones or anything like that <laughs> to record what was going on. But I'm led to believe that what went on uh, was not dissimilar to what we're seeing going on in I the. Know. It's just weird. I know. Do you know what I heard a similar thing? I, as you know, yeah. uh, I'm often taken by. Uh, the la- Maundy Thursday, yeah. and seeing all the kids going along with their Easter bonnets to the hat parade. Yeah. This time I saw a couple of schools having a rugby league parade. Oh, isn't that great? Isn't that terrific? It's a, it's a real panacea. I know. It's an uplifting story. Uplifting. Thank you very much. Unless you're a Bulldog supporter. Sure. You're less said about the Bulldog. Oh, well, we might talk well, about the Bulldogs about a little bit later on. Of course we will. Now, Ash Barty has retained her world number one status and she's into the final of the Miami, Miami Open. I think that might be on tomorrow. Uh, and oddly enough, as, as, as a result of COVID, she now finds herself the ninth most successful tennis player of all time. Uh, I think she's now only behind Steffi Graf in the number of weeks as number one. Well, let's hope COVID keeps going. Yeah. yeah. Soon she'll be the dominant <laughs> tennis player of all of time. Of all time. Uh, the Waratahs sack coach Penny. I'm not absolutely sure that Penny was the problem. Mind you, uh, I think I believe the second half uh, last night. Oh, the, tra- uh, it's a revolution! The, 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 the Tars really put it up to the Brumbies yeah. and uh, just narrowly lost the match. I think twenty-four, twenty-two, something was the like score that. The yeah, end. well, that's yeah, a shot in the arm for the uh, for the penniless Tars, the pe- <laughs> isn't it? Now, Steve Smith is uh, back for New South Wales. He um, claims the elbow is fixed and is interested in the captaincy of Australia again, which Gee, is very good news. I think uh, Coach Langer has hit this idea on the head. Yeah, why? Surely we need a national conversation. We should have a national conversation. Thumbs up, but, thumbs uh, down. but Coach uh, Langer isn't keen on having a national conversation at all. Why? Now, uh, the Mercedes team boss, this is your F1 team, mm-hmm. he's described the track limit rules, which are a little arcane, as being the length of a Shakespeare novel. What? 
the length of a Shakespeare novel. Did that suffer a bit in translation? Maybe it does. Reminded me of Rabs, though. Wasn't it Rabs who said the only novel he'd read was Merchant of Venice? That's Ray Rabbits Warren, yeah. the famous rugby famous league caller. Caller, yeah. Now, Greatest hang on a minute. Time. Anyway. For years, people have been saying Shakespeare wrote novels. Of course he did. Now. They were only published in German. See? Rest your case. Yeah, I know. Are they any good? Terrific. Terrific, yeah, very, 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 very much so. Yeah, very. They speak mobile to the, phones before speak they're today. <laughs> uh, now, the uh, NRL uh, has received um, a business case from the Rural and Regional Anzacs, who are prepared to uh, jump codes here. Um, I believe the principal spot. Look, I've only seen the business case, uh, only a couple of pages of it, but uh, it looks pretty good. And uh, the principal sponsor is uh, the War Memorial, it seems, which I think is a nice fit. Wow. Mm. Mm. Did you have anything in getting those two great nope, organisations nope, to talk? No, 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 I think the, wow, the that is rural and regional. That's just, an obvious place to look. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I don't know if Kerry Stokes might have something to do uh-huh. with that. I'm sure Kerry. Well, he's mad about rugby he's, league. Well, sure. Who isn't? Yeah, who isn't? Thank you. Now, uh, speaking of rugby league, Supercoach Bellamy is hurt by accusations that his team deliberately tries to harm opposition teams. I saw this. I find this hard to believe. Imagine a rugby league team out there going out to try and hurt an opponent. We used to have a um, traditional softening up period back in the day, as you might recall, <laughs> which uh, you know a lot of people enjoyed. And the whole idea was to... Uh, you know, have the, uh, the opposing team get taken away by the St John's Ambulance people game over. That was the idea. No, I don't. mean, if you tackle someone, you want to put a bit of sting in it. You do. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, yeah. games are won and lost on defence, on the strength uh. of defence. Uh. I mean, <clears throat> Now, really? last night, there was a very attractive I mean, if, game. If, if, if Supercoach Bellamy wasn't coaching his team to go out there and hurt the opposition, he's not doing his job. Exactly, you'd fire him. You'd fire him, you, you know, would. People like Gould Thank and Fittler. Thank you very Fittler. much, Penny. Off you go. Off you go. Yeah. But people like Gould and Fittler and them would be yep. down on him like a ton of bricks. They would. I mean, look at that match last night. Canterbury, nil. Yeah. You know, 46 to Rabbits yeah. or whatever it was. Mm. A lot of players really got hurt and there was a very bad incident in it. There was. Where I think a player who was seriously hurt stayed yeah. on. Yeah, only for a little while. Oh, okay, and it came off. Yeah, only for this might have been the Cody Walker incident yes. you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, um... The uh, cause of uh, the man they call Tucker Tucker Woods, the cause of his crash is being kept a secret. Now, I believe it's up to the tiger. If the tiger says, yeah, tell them what happened, then (laughs) the press can tell us, or the police can blast away and tell us what happened. Mm. But it needs tiger's approval. So I don't know what is being suggested here, whether... Have you heard of this happening before? Never. Never, never, never. I don't know. I don't know what could possibly Tiger have been up to in that car by himself. That would cause well, it. Oh, hang no. on. Wait a minute. Hang on. We He's sort not, of you're know not where this is going, don't we? Hellfire Club. Yeah, that's the direction I'm heading in too. Mm. What was he up to? Anyway. Now, he's uh, East's reaching out to James Maloney in France. Uh, East's, I think, are in a bit of trouble finding someone to steer the team around the park now. Um, I, for one, would like to see James Maloney back in the NRL. He always offered something, didn't he? He's always entertaining, yeah. uh, always blowing up a bit. 
Yeah. You know, he had the right attitude. Yeah. He liked the referee. Born with a rugby league brain, which he's now using in uh, France, I believe. Uh, so he would be very, very welcome back in the uh, rugby league fold. Uh, now, Jason Tumalolo expresses an interest in playing State of Origin. We might try and unpack this a little oh, bit later on, but on. my immediate response is no. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Um, now, uh, good news here, HG. I've been with the organisers, and I am part of the organisation, so I've got to put my hand up here. Uh, we've been given approval by the Inner West Council for a march on National Rugby League Day. You'll remember there's going to be the dawn... Lecture. Lecture. Uh, I haven't heard back from Brendan yet, but he's weighing it up. Okay. Uh, this will be in Phillips Street. And then the march, which we're now allowed to do because the inner city, inner west council has allowed us to use Birchgrove Oval. So there'll be a march from well, Phillips Street. Phillip Street over the Anzac Bridge to Birchgrove Oval. Mm-hmm. So Is I, it all comers to the march or must you have No, been? no, no. I think you've got to be registered, HG. Or ticketed at some yeah, point Yeah, yeah, ticketed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the, 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 the details, details will be fleshed be, out. Yeah, no, I understand. You know, each club will be allowed so many uh-huh. participants, et cetera, et cetera, you know, former players, current players, associates, Officials, families yeah. and that sort of yeah. thing. It'll all be, uh, yeah. Uh, watch this space. Make of that what you will. The Bludge is principal sponsor of the Brad Thorne Mega Centre for Football Excellence. It's open to all, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's free. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy, <clears throat> the Volandis swoop on the uh, TAFE in Scone. Mm. Uh, obviously, the New South Wales Racing will run equine training courses at Scone. Yes. Uh, they got the site for four million, which is an absolute steal. Yes. Um, the site of Two Flemington Drive, lovely address, yeah. will continue to deliver world class equine training locally. Yep. Obviously, you can't go there and become a plumber or a blacksmith or anything like that. You might be able to become a blacksmith there, I suppose. I, so I assume you you could come out either a jockey, depending on your size, yes. or a farrier. Well. Yes, Farrier, or a trainer. Do you think they'd have training? Trainer, yes, 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 yes. We don't what have about a saddler? A saddler, whoa, yes. Saddle making is a big craft. Very big craft. Um, look, I'm just wondering if And flight... just general horse maintenance. Horse uh, maintenance, uh, vet, yes. Veterinary. Veterinary. How about float construction float and maintenance? Float construction and maintenance. I think that'd yep. be a terrific thing. And yep. look, I know the plans are to put in a... Barrier a... construction. Yes, well, there's got to Barrier be a Barrier efficiency. That, yes, the... Control and manipulation, the administration yep. of barriers. Turfing. Yes, and those, uh, let's not f- forget the clerks of the course on their horses oh, in the red jackets. I mean, yeah. that's, You can't learn th- that overnight. You can't. No, that takes three years. Least, three years, that's right. Now, so there's a lot to do. Stewards. A lot to do. Stewards. Stewards. Well, hang on a minute. Stewards. Stewards. And uh, whistlers, HG. You know, you've got to whistle to get the horse to wee. <laughs> yeah, it's a special sort of whistle. There is. Yeah. There is. And they all know that's it. a craft. Yeah, that, Indeed it is. So there's a or lot there. Or is it a trade? I've never known. I've always felt probably whistling is more on the craft end than the trade, but anyway. <laughs> Still. <laughs> I think you're right. Now, he said revenue from the sale uh, will go to other – this is the mm. boss of uh, some sort of educational, tertiary education minister. Mm. The, the revenue of the sale will go to other teaching facilities and learning facilities in the region. Well, hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. What else do you need yeah. apart from what they've got there? Yeah. I mean, hundreds of kids will think – Bloody hell, I'm going to become a whistler yeah. or I'm going to become a float construction sure. person. Sure. 
now this they I think the uh, racing boss uh, Valandes described the sale as a win-win. Yes, I, you can know, I agree with that. Yes. Saying the site's current use would be significantly expanded. One of the things they're going to do is have night racing there. Good. They've got enough space to put in a, you know, like a 1,600-metre track. Yes. Uh, which will be a terrific tonic there. They do have well, a track at Scone okay. already. Well, you'd need rigging, riggers, Rig, yeah, lighting. Riggers, light. You want to get an even light. You yes. don't want to have hot spots that blind the horses. Sure. Racing New South Wales. What about will... media management, HG? I suppose there'd be media courses, how to, how to respond get to questions. At the end of a race, you know, how did you see it? Oh, yeah, you went pretty well. That's, yeah, you know, that's right. you know, yeah, I, yeah, that's I right. put and words talk- in people's mouths, but, you know. <laughs> talking up your mount. Yes. You know, I know it's terrific. We or talking down. down your mount, yeah, depending on what the instructions are coming from, from the connections. The yeah, that's right. Mm. Racing New South Wales will offer extensive courses for the thoroughbred racing industry. Glanders said uh, Racing New South Wales will also work with TAFE, New South Wales, and local community to ensure yes. there is the right mix of other courses available at the facility. Hang on a minute. What do you mean other courses? Exactly. What? Plumbing? No. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 This no. is a racing-dedicated yes. institution. That's yes. why you pay the money for it. That's why you build the track. That's yep. why you get your floats involved. Yep, yep, yep. Unless he's seeing, HG, that Chemistry. racing would have its own dedicated sparkies, plumbers, etc. Is that what he's suggesting? I think that's right. And chemists. That's and chem- right. Oh. Because once you put the cobalt and the milkshake mix sure. in, you've got to have a chemist to work out what's you happening. You do. You do. Now, uh, <clears throat> TAFE uh, New South Wales has the right to continue to deliver courses at their drive Good. for up to three years. Managing Director has said the sale would also allow money to be spent on other learning facilities, but Labor's TAFE spokesperson, Jihad Dib, mm. said it was a disgraceful decision to sell Scone TAFE uh, the day before the Community Roundtable Forum on the matter. Ah, so Volandi's cunning as a SS. Cunning rat. as, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the community be behind this, wouldn't it? I mean, what is it for the community not to like? No, I suppose... It's win-win, isn't it? I suppose journalism would be one of the courses too. Journalism, cover, yes. racing, you know. Yeah, that's, you know, you've got some great racing riders you, you, in Australia. That's right. Maxi Presnell. We need 112 words. Okay, we need that in no four No spelling four mistakes. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Rugby League is the only code to assist in the development of both the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines. Fact. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, a very sad development in rugby league is uh, most people will know that uh, Ricky Stewart, the mm-hmm. coach of the Canberra Raiders, a.k.a. Sticky, a.k.a. the Angry Ant, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Carlos Smearson, is one of our great ambassadors for the code because of his passion. Mm. Now, last week there was an incident where he felt as though his team was robbed mm. because of a forward pass, which we may get to discuss later in the show. We're not sure. 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 Uh Sticky didn't like the decision. And Sticky often coaches in full view of the public by being on the sideline. He was able to boot through a couple of chairs. He got the picket fence pretty well destroyed all the way around. He... People had to call him off and he shrugged them off. Yeah. Said, no, I'm crazy. I've had enough of this. I can't say anything because I'll get fined, but at least I can destroy their ground that we're at. Now, after this... He said, uh, I'm going to have to go in the box, meaning upstairs, mm-hmm. in the grandstand and coach from up there. 
The game's robbed of one of its great spectacles. Yeah, 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 I'm not quite understanding this, though, H.G. Why why the need for him to move away from the sideline? Because he doesn't, he feels as though his passionate defence of rugby league and everything it stands for. Yeah, or passionate defence of Raiders. His Raiders view. I was going to come to that. The green view. (laughs) Yeah, the green glasses that he wears. Yes. It wasn't us out there view. That that view. Is he suggesting that the players, it's not working with the players anymore? They look over and see him jumping up and down, breaking things, and it doesn't help them with their game? Is that the suggestion? They'd okay. rather imagine him up in the box, they would smashing rather, things up there. They would rather let their imaginations run right. Yeah. Waiting for the glass to emerge, the fist to emerge through the glass at such moments. <laughs> Can I put it to you that he yeah. worries that... Uh, Junior coaches. I use that word in full sense. You oh, know, yeah. like I'm not talking about necessarily the under-13s at Clamour High School or sure. whatever it is. Mm. That other coaches mm. will think that that's the way f- for a coach to behave. I don't understand how this works. Well, I've it is the honest. way a coach behaves. Isn't it? I mean, you look look at Bellamy up in the box. He's kicking things around and smashing things, just being the same as Sticky, really. I mean, look at any of them. The, the, the only one that hasn't behaved in this way is Kevy. But it'll happen, <laughs> you know. Kevin can only take what's happened at the Bronx for so long. Before he goes yeah. back. How about Trent Barrett? He's got a head. Well, it'll from. happen with Trent too. I mean, mm. he can only say, oh, well, we're not really doing so well, are we? No, mm. no points in yeah. the season so far. No points again, coach. Can, can, I, <laughs> can I ask? Um, oh, you want us to score points, coach? <laughs> oh! You what is that in? You, you never it. said. No. Never once did you say <laughs> we had to score points. Peter Volandis is Rugby League. Peter Volandis is a great Australian, wrapped in the blood-soaked flag of Anzac, a giant who builds our dreams, painted in the true colours of Rugby League. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Stick said, I'm definitely considering moving uh, back into the coach's box. I've always had plenty of emotion and passion, and I've never used uh, that passion as an excuse for my actions. I'm not sure what that means. What does that mean? Yeah. yeah, What he means is he, I think he has moments of sanity every so often. Right. And And then he's embarrassed about how he was behaving before. I think so. In other words, you smash a chair. Yeah. You can't Why did you smash that chair? Oh. Mm. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. It wasn't me. I certainly did nothing wrong last week. The NRL know that. Oh. Yeah, so it's really weird, isn't it? Right. I had a private conversation with NRL chief executive, Andrew. We discussed the situation. Mm. I totally understand where Andrew <coughs> is coming from. Right. And he also has a clearer picture of where I was coming from. Right. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I feel that uh, I feel... I coach best when I'm on the sidelines, but I'm going to go back into the box. Mm. I'll be in the box Saturday. It's probably, I bet you the camera's trained on him. No. Well, I hope so. <laughs> you know, it's I probably, love watching Sticky. <laughs> the people no longer see the passion from me on the side of the field. Mm. Now, NRL head of football, Graham Annesley, said at his briefing at the start of the week uh, about the forward pass, which fired up Stick. Mm. I'm not going to stand here and try to pretend it wasn't forward. On the evidence available, the refereeing department has determined that it was a forward pass. So there's some justification for him going berserk. Yeah. But the difficulty is, mm. is does this give licence mm. to other members of the, of the larger rugby league community mm. to do stupid things? Yeah. I mean, do you think it does? Uh, no. No. It's, no. So I, mean, I, I, I mean, stick, stick, isn't he? Stick, I mean, stick. He, he, look, he sees an injustice, he reacts. Mm. 
But that isn't that. That's called being human, isn't it, HG? It's it being is. human. Stick is human. We know that. You've only got to look at him for a few minutes, and you think, well, he's human. <laughs> and I don't think there'd, there'd be a coach on the planet that wouldn't have been upset with a foot. And this outbreak, there are Ford passes happening. Every second buddy pass at the moment's forward. You'd have to have the patience of Job to be able to yes. not blow up about the forward pass. Exactly. exactly. has done nothing about the he's forward He's done nothing about forward he passes. You know, what worries if anything, me is... he's encouraging forward passes. <laughs> what worries me is, like you, he came into this game and took the top job saying that fans of rugby league will not be talking about the referees if I have anything to do with it. All they're talking about is refereeing and stupid decisions. Exactly. And forward bloody passes. The new $20 note could have a rugby league theme. But footyheads, we need your support to make this dream a reality. Imagine Super Real Guffo as the face on the new 20. Get involved at Bludging on the Blind Side. Now we come to the problem of what I'm describing as the 18th stool. Oh, yes. Uh, as most people know, there are 17 players in a rugby league side that runs on. Now, four of them sit on the bench, hoping they'll get a bit of a go, pretty sure they'll get a bit of a go. Things They're usually chosen to cover various positions. Yes. It's an exact science and I'm not familiar with it. I've not done the course. Mm. Uh, you might have a forward there. You might have a person who might help steer the players yeah. around the park, yeah. you know, part of your spine. You might have a, a outside back or something like that, you know, and so on. What's happened is in a couple of matches, we've used up all the bench because of uh, often HIH yes. and is in head injury assessment protocols, yes. which I'm f- fully supportive of. Yeah. Now, these are not always caused by the opposition. I think it's fair to say the Cronulla team had a very unlucky run of injuries against Parramatta last weekend mm. where a couple of players banged heads on the Cronulla side and both had to step out because of HIH. Yeah. So quickly you can get. Yeah to running out the bench now. Now, people are saying the speed of the game is causing that. Yeah. I, I think the jury's still out slightly on that. People who watch the game a lot of, say often there's a spate of injuries at the start of a season. That's true. And it tends to calm down after a while. That's true. People refer to the opening of the Parramatta Stadium, the new yeah. Parramatta Stadium, yeah. as causing a lot of injuries because the grass hadn't settled down. Sure. That tended to disappear after a while. When the grass settled down, <laughs> it disappeared, yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And the players got used to playing on it. Yeah. Now we have this... Extra call for an extra player. Yeah. Now, this is really where it gets tricky is, is that player allowed to be substituted for somebody who does a shoulder? Now, the AFL did the same sort of thing and introduced an extra substitute player, Mm. mainly due because of head injury assessment protocols. But the first player to be substituted was Jack Silvani who did a shoulder. Uh. Now, I'm not against that as an idea, but was that what was meant to happen? Is that how coaches would exploit that rule? Carlton then, if they had a person who was banged on the head mm. and had to set it, step out because of HIH assessment, didn't yeah. have anybody else to put on because they'd already used their substitute. Yeah. So now where does the rugby league stand on this? Is yeah. this any injury can be substituted, any injury that requires a player to sit out the rest of the game? Mm. Then we come to the problem of they've dubbed it an emerging player. Is, now, they didn't define, Volandis and them haven't had time because they've been buying the scone tape, tape yeah. to understand what the emerging player is. Mm. I've got no idea what an emerging player is. Are they is that, suge- sorry, are they suggesting that an emer- emerging player could be the extra player? The 18th that, person. The, the, the 18th person who would step in if there's 
more HI head injuries than they were bargaining for. Is Correct. That That's what they're suggesting. But if there's an outbreak of broken legs, the emerging know. player's not allowed to go out because they're still coherent. Well, it will only, according to this uh, observation about it, will only be activated in the most dire circumstances for a club. So we don't see it as having a material impact on the games every week. But you have to find a way that people don't take advantage of it. Uh, that's apropos yes, of your point. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, the ARL Commission bowed to pressure from the player, players unions and clubs yesterday. They confirmed an 18th man would likely be an emerging player, would become part of the game's fabric. Yes. What the hell's an emerging player, though? Can Does that mean you can't have somebody who's a... Well, Suwali at East, he's an emerging player, isn't he? But... So what? so so East would have him as their eighteenth player. Is that it? That's, That's as the way I it works. It. As I understand, uh, and I suppose he could slot in the second row if needs be, or steer the team around. I, I don't know. I don't know what his skills are. Okay, is that the emerging player? Yeah. Is that a player with no or very little rugby league experience? Therefore, they're hurled into the top flight. Are they ready for it? Are they ready? Uh, well, what a good question. Yes, I don't know. I assume you just get someone from the reserve grade. Yeah, no, that's what flag. I. Someone from Flegg who's played who'd, a game already. Who'd like, oh, yes, that day. Yeah, that yeah, no, day. Yeah. Sits know, on the stool. Sits on the stool. Hoping he doesn't get called up. Yeah. He or she doesn't or get called up. Or he might see himself as an emerging player who's been waiting for a break and is hoping there's going to be a clash of heads so that he's called upon to go out there and show his wares. Does you know? it worry you that the word emerging, emerging. Has, got, has got involved in this? Because it, Well, emerging is, is irrelevant. Come to Craig Bellamy. Yes. Bellamy obviously sends the team out there to bash up the other's team. Obviously, yes. As soon as they see an emerging player coming out, you know he's going to be tackled all the time. Well, they're going to bash his team. Of course. Of course. That's rugby league. You always look for the weak point, don't you? You do. Well, that's and you jump a, on it. You're putting a target on this person's back. Yes, yeah. Does yeah, that worry yeah, you? Yeah, it does worry me a little bit. See, if you just had a regular See, play. I just like a regular play, like yeah. 18 of us. 18 of us, exactly. We're now a team and of 18. We used to be 17, now we're 18. Who's the extra one? <laughs> well, work it out yourself. Australians, rugby league crime is at pandemic proportions. Referees and officials can't see everything, but together we can. If you see rugby league crime, then as an Australian, do your duty and report it to Bludging on the Blind Side. Text us on 0467 920 222. So the committee's still out on de uh, a determined definition of emerging player. The NRL has agreed to meet the travel costs of the 18th person, right. although history suggests they will really be used. Is that right, Roy? Well, history, well, most recent history would suggest if they're going to be used every, every week. week. If the AFL's anything going by, yeah. uh, I don't think the Collingwood, uh, the Collingwood side used one on the other night. And I've got to say that person they did have in the bib mm. did look very emerging player, but that's just my lack of understanding about what's going on at Collingwood. Sure. Over recent seasons, the rules around an 18th man would mean that it would have been only used on one occasion. That right. can't be right that already this right. season. It must have been possible to use it on a couple of occasions. Yeah. I mean, is that what they're really saying is that, mm. that... I don't see the problem. No, neither do I, really. I don't really see a problem. Volandis is saying this is a... Except it's going to be, you've got one more person to carry around with you. Well, that's all right. Just, just 
drop off one of the attendants that you take yeah, with true. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the emerging player, the so-called number 18, could perhaps lug, lug the bags. Yeah, or, or do the media. Do the media, perfect. Now, this is a dynamic environment, Volandis says. As a commission, we would be, said we'd be agile in changing the rules when it's in the best interest of the game, and this is one of those examples. Well, try changing about forward passes then, Volandis, yes. if you've got so much time. Yeah. We see this as an opportunity to give an emerging player a taste of first-grade rugby league in the team's time of need. That's your point, Roy. Yes. The 18th player will also have to be rotated weekly so you don't have a young player missing out on playing in lower grades. Oh, that's a joy, isn't it? Missing out on playing in lower grades. Can I ask, mm. is this player covered by the cap? The 18th man oh. only comes into effect when three players have been ruled out through concussion. Oh. That's at the moment. Oh, well, yes, it'd have to be covered by the cap. Have to be. What a good so, question. Surely your flag side is part of your general cap for your club, isn't it? Uh, it would have to be. Yeah, you're right, because they would have to come up yes. when the uh, yeah. senior players get banged mm. on the head. Yeah. Because they've been playing the storm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now. Yes. All right. Um, I don't know if we should start this, uh, the topic of the national conversation about whether non-maroon and blues can play origin. Mm -hmm. That is a genuinely difficult question because they all seem to be at it. It is a thorny one, that one, isn't it, HG? Um, look. Can I, 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 the, yeah, do, do you want to no, tread, tread into this water yet or not? No, I'll no. have to save that. Okay. I have come across an issue here. The NRL coaches have labelled the game's new 18th person uh, concussion rule useless in its current form. Useless. Okay. The, uh, they proved it on Tuesday by the clubs only <clears throat> when three players have failed the head injury. The substitute must be considered an emerging player. Dot, dot, we canvassed that. Yeah. Uh, they reckon that the first time three players have gone down with head knocks since round seven of 2016. That's apropos of your point. Mm -hmm. So it very rarely happens. I don't get the rule. Warriors coach Nathan Brown. Doesn't matter who's on your bench because they won't be going out there anyway. So I'm not sure why they did it in the end. I think that sums up a lot of the coaches and your point yeah, as well. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't see it as a real problem as yet. What makes Australia great? Rugby league and bludging on the blind side. HG. Uh, Roy, that uh, news you broke earlier about the. Uh, War Memorial, yes. sponsoring the rural and regional Anzacs and yeah. swapping codes to rugby league. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a shot across the <clears throat> uh, whole Australian sporting landscape. Yeah. Because you tend to think of the War Memorial as not being very interested in normal Australian things. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it gets the message out. It, it ticks a lot of boxes. Will they have a khaki-flavoured uniform? Definitely. And, and uh, you know, obviously... Definitely. It, slouch hat, obviously, <laughs> that they take off. As they walk, run onto the park, take it off, leave it beautiful on the sideline. Beautiful. And uh, yeah. are, are you seeing a white short or a khaki short as well? Khaki shorts. Or a yeah. brown short? Well, well. And are you seeing this as a team of. Uh, a camouflage sort of. A camouflage. Well. Wow. A camouflage look, I think, would be good. And. Um, the team will play in rural and regional areas like yeah, no, Mudgy, yeah. Orange, yeah. Cobar, Lisgo, yeah. Young, yeah. Bathurst, you know. They're a moving team. A moving team, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. But, living but, on a bus, living on a bus. Sharks and, you know, will have to meet them out there. They will. The Warriors or whatever, it'd be hard yeah. for the Warriors, but that's rugby league. That's the way it is. Now, just one small thing before we go to the news. Yeah. The um, 
costs of going to the Olympics for the Australian team is just shot through the roof mm. because the athletes can't stay there after they've competed. Normally there's one big flight in. I yeah. think they've got a team of, say, 500 <coughs> people going at least. Yes. One big team in. Yeah. In fact, I think it's over that, about 1,000 people uh, by the time you count the hangers on. Mm-hmm. So one flight in or a couple of flights in, a couple of flights out. So you know what's happening. Now what happens is the flights in are going all the time and the flights out are coming out all the time because they're not allowed to stay. The athletes are not allowed to stay. There's no village life as we understand it. Uh, I mean, I, it's... Half the fun of being part of an Olympic team is the village life. I know, especially after your event's over. Yes. See, it's... Couldn't we hire a, uh, a, a yacht or something? That, you that... mean like the Ruby Princess and park it offshore? Yes. I mean, I know that's not really the... Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you probably get not that one, but... No. <laughs> I'm sure there but are other boats available. With, with similar, you know... Dimensions. Yes, and facilities. You know, a lovely... A facilities! Bain-Marie and you've got your own cabin and all of that and professional chefs. And, and... I'll tell you what, they probably have uh, entertainment rooms in there they too. They would, definitely. You, know, you might be able to get... Put uh, on a show. Australian rock and roll. Yes. Just to pick a show. Yes. You know, or the, or the history of Australian yeah, yeah, rock yeah, and roll. Yeah, yeah. And you get yeah. stars to go yeah. up there. Yes. Maybe John Paul Young or mm. Molly Meldrum if he's available. Yeah, yeah. There, there'd be a ship of it, like the Pacific Sea Princess or something. The Pacific Sea Princess. The Pacific Sea Princess, just off the coast, maybe what? 50 kilometres or something well, like that, off the coast, 50 in kilometers. international waters. International waters, that's right. right. Fly them out and on a, a ferry service. Ferry service. Or, or a helicopter. helicopter. I know, writes itself, doesn't it? It does. And this would save so much money because they would land at, uh, let's say, Narita or Haneda, or I think at the two airports mainly, and then they'd go to the on-site premises, do the shot put, and then out to the boat. Out to the boat, yeah. I mean, you've got to give these athletes something to look forward to. I mean, competing used to be great, but there's no family or friends or anybody there, just you and a solitary shot. That's all you've got. I just don't want this generation of Olympians to be robbed of memories. That's a beautiful thought, Roy. Robbed of memories. Robbed of memories. I mean, you talk to Olympians, is that what they've got? Mm-hmm. They might have had a busted knee or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I know, or, I know. know. But what they talk life. about is the village life. I know, and the memories. Yeah, and the memories. Yeah, remember the mates I made. Mates I made, that's right. Mates and memories. Yes. Would you allow international people... Mates, to... memories and medals. That's all the Olympics is about. Space. China. Rugby League. Australia, join the dots. It is your future. Imagine the Shanghai SARS slugs packing down against the Footscray funnel webs on Mars for the Volandis Cup. All future intergalactic fixtures on bludging on the blind side. Yes, uh, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, now, look, a very warm welcome to Queensland. Uh, I think this might be the... Um, the uh, last time there's been a temporal divide between us and so uh, uh, it's great to have you back with us for the final time in inverted commas. If you're wondering what happened in the first hour, remember you can always go to the podcast and enjoy the disappointment that the rest of Australia has experienced uh, on the first hour of the program and uh, remember of course it's always available on ABC Digital. Why I say that I haven't got a clue. Anyway, at this time we always have a, a dip into the email bag if you were interested in getting in touch with the show, then RoyNHG at abc.net.au. That's RoyNHG at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. Uh, yes, they have. <coughs> this um, greetings from a loyal listener in Canada. This is Leslie. <laughs> Leslie. 
Normally I wouldn't be upset by your having a go at anyone, but I was upset by your kicking the bears while they're down. When you were poking fun at them for having no activities that require a board and executives, you ignored a serious business that they run, the North Sydney Leagues Club. I've been to the North Sydney Leagues yeah. Club. It's a great venue. It's great. It's a lovely room. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I've done a lot of, uh, over the years, done a lot of fundraising in the North Sydney. Yes. It's hard to find sometimes if you're coming from out of town. Sure. But, uh, nonetheless, I, it's a terrific, yeah. I think terrific venue. I think we've done a couple of things there over I'm the sure years. I'm sure we have. I'm sure we have. Mm. Uh, does it take much running, though? I suppose it does, doesn't it? Well, wouldn't they have people paid to do that? Wouldn't the club themselves Yeah, make... there'd be a manager. I mean, does, you know. Do, do you need a board? I suppose you need a board. Do you need those people they booted off or replacement of those people? You know, yeah. what, what are the constructing Billy agenda? Billy Moore, on? that sort of, that sort of Billy people. Moore on the, no, <clears throat> I don't think it works like that. I've always been told that the football clubs mm-hmm. are separate to the league's clubs. That's what I and thought. And they just don't dish out a hunk of money. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm. Okay. Anyway. So, anyway, Leslie, I'm sorry if we <clears throat> upset you. Look, can we say we only had positive things about the future of the Bears. I love the but, Bears. But, I love the club. I, uh, my memories of the Bears... I mean, that's some of the most cherished memories I have. <laughs> now, yeah. and we get to the point of we're encouraging <clears throat> them to be rebranded as the King Island Cameron Bears. Yes. To cement the sponsorship. This is the new world. Yeah. Cementing the name of the sponsorship yeah. or the sponsor yeah. inside the yeah. structure, the naming structure of the club. I know. No one's done more to keep the Bears alive than you and me. It's not often we blow our own trumpet, but I'm, I'm probably being just a little bit defensive. No, no, well, and right. I'm just so. being a bit defensive, and, and I, I, I accept that. Yeah, I accept that. Um, now, <laughs> this has come from Janet Haddam. Ah, oh, Taylor Bend. Yep, she says I hold grave concerns. The weirdness of Greg Norman has already arrived in Australia. I happened upon a Channel Seven television show called Holy Moly. God, this. Why is she sending this now? This is sort of oldish news. Anyway. Maybe in South Australia the <clears> Holy <throat> Moly's just come out. Ah, oh, maybe that's it. Promoted as the extreme mini golf course of tomorrow designed by sporting icon Greg Norman. That's true. That's how they did promote it. As a devoted golf month participant, I sat intrigued at what the short form of the game may or may not be able to bring in our month of celebration. A mini golf battle ensured uh, on a diabolical course with holes such as Dutch Courage, Putt the Plank and Uranus, everybody's favourite hole. I know. I know. I know. It doesn't write Created itself, from does the it? mind of a master, Greg Norman, who appeared to say being named Holy Moly's president, resident pro is without doubt the greatest moment of my career. Well, it probably is. <laughs> also included was a segment entitled The Whole Story with Greg Norman where he sat in a wingback chair wearing a smoking jacket and remarked, and I quote, I've loved golf for as long as I can remember. You know, Dad used to say I was born with a putter in my hand which must have been excruciating for my mother. This was just the first episode, she says. God. It's unclear. Would the shark have written that himself? Yes. It's Mm. unclear as to whether Janet is going to watch the second episode in South Australia of Holy Moly. Did they play the whole lot? You know, to play it out to the end, was there a winner? Oh, yeah, 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 I believe yeah. so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I I, I, I'm a bit like Janet. I saw the first episode and was gobsmacked so much. I enjoyed it so much, I decided I wasn't ever going to watch it again. Um, now Aaron's been in touch. Having said all of that, you couldn't meet a nicer bloke than Greg Norman, could you? No. I mean, well, we've had, sure, we've had disagreements we over have. the years, but terrific knockabout sort of bloke in the end, isn't he? I know, he's terrific. He's, he's terrific. He's yeah. fun. 
Fun, fun, that's right. And to but think if you don't want to laugh, don't meet him. Yeah. <laughs> and to think that, that that show showed the best of him. Yeah, the I think so. simple lines that he wrote for himself yes. and the, the whole holy moly con- construction yes. that he came up with. Yes. That put the plank. I mean, the, the, Uranus. Yeah, I know. I mean, does it get it, funnier? No, it doesn't. <laughs> now, Aaron's been in touch. I've been saying happy rugby league to people on the streets in Adelaide and I'm getting looks like I have just drop-kicked their dog. This is a concern as I'm afraid if I keep this up, I'm going to eventually get my head punched in. Is it time for a resurrection of the busted ass outfit, the Adelaide Rams, to remind people of South Australia about rugby league? I'm worried that Rams legends such as Rod Reddy, Captain Kerrod Walters, I'd forgotten that Kerrod was the captain of the Rams. Wow, that's a memory. I would never have got no. that if you told me. I remember the Rampage in the Adelaide Advertiser. Yeah, that was fabulous. It was incredible. I How they found Rocket Red- stuff. I remember Rocket Reddy was the coach. Uh, he thinks they might be forgotten by South Australians. The name Kerrod Walters doesn't really open as many Ring doors as it, it might have done to. in the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if the Bears are looking for a place to play, can they come down to Adelaide and become the Adelaide Ram Bears? We can get a Build-A-Bear to get behind the team as sponsors and rebuild the team from the ground up, starting with building the team a hybrid Ram Bear mascot. Well, there's a few thoughts there. Yeah. The one thing I was going to say was... Um, uh, Volandis is very pro expanding the game into Queensland. Yes. Now, the difficulty is is the Queensland people already mm. have three teams they can support. They There's no other one on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Uh, the obviously Cowboys. The, yeah, the Cowboys and the one that's not doing so good in Brisbane. The so they'll come. Bronx. Yeah. yeah. The, now, surely in the Volandis world, uh, he would think, well, that's enough to get started with. Yes. Let's have a team somewhere else. Yeah. Now, I've been advocating for years that they – the rugby league should go down to Tasmania and put a team in there and really jab the eye of the murderer oh, I think with so. the cricket stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're screaming out for something. I think that'd be brilliant. Of course. Yeah. And the Tasmanian people would love it. They would. They'd, they'd fall in love. With the funny old with game that called, funny old game called, called rugby, rugby league. Graham's been in touch. Yes. Last week you mentioned that Russia had been meddling in the affairs of the South Sydney Rabbits with player plants in the grades. That's true. We did mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. And we're not resiling from that. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a recent phenomenon, he says. Souths have had a long history of Russian influence, with the first being comrade Ian Rubin, who played with the club from 96 to 99 and captained the Russian World Cup side in 2000 during the reign of Boris Yeltsin. <laughs> I'd be looking for anyone in Fleg with the name of Boris, not just Putin. He says, interesting thoughts, wow, aren't they? Now, it's obviously a historian, a league historian. Yes. Would he have got those facts from the Book of Feuds? He may well have done. Mm. He, maybe he's just got a good memory. I, I'd yeah. forgotten. I, I, look, I, I, I remember Ruben, but I didn't realise he was Russian. No, same. Same. Didn't realise <clears> that. No, no, had no idea. Yeah, yeah. But He kept that quiet, didn't he? Can I point out that the Nine organisation has yeah. had a very bad hack Oh, yes. You know, I'd hate it to did. think that you and I started this, drew attention to the fact that there was a thing called Nine mm. with our comments in Russia yeah. and that they... They people, weren't allowed to put any... They, they, they were stopped from doing anything live to air, weren't they? And the paper got very thin, the Sydney Morning Herald, which they own. Yes. Got very thin, just to take an example. Like yes. All their papers might have got thin. Is that because <clears throat> uh, Liz Hayes' investigation show was going to... Expose. Expose Russian interference in, interference Australia. in Australian rugby league. 
Was that the story? I think that was the story. I think that was the story. Yeah, okay. Now, when is that left-wing lynch mob, you know, four corners who got their handful oh, yeah. at the ABC, when are they going to do an expose of Russian influence in rugby league? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Why don't they get off their, <laughs> their FAs, and but they do a bit of hard work, yeah, <laughs> instead of taking the low-hanging fruit that's coming out of Canberra. Yeah, wow. Yeah? Well, uh, that uh, <clears throat> email address, oh, sorry, again, Adrian, yes, I didn't know quite it. where you were going there, yeah, but royalhg at abc.net.au <laughs> for more laying hanging fruit. This is Bludgeon on the Blind Side. Could Greater Western Sydney Giant Grub of the Year Toby Green be on the lurk near you? Download the app that lets you know where TG is 24-7 and stay safe. This public service is brought to you by Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, I, last week, put out a call for calm. Yes. It was to do with that the rollout of the vaccine Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't going well, but uh, with, you know, um, a note or two from Minister I, like him, called for calm and said that it's all planned. Mm. We haven't got as many done as we thought we might, but that's all planned as well. And the statement we were going to do 43 million in two weeks, that was great at that time, but now it's obviously all intended to be falling into place. So we come to the problem of the NRL and the Gold Coast Titans players this week. And what there is is a lovely demonstration of that calm, and I'll get to that in a minute. Let me set out the problem for you. The NRL is investigating four Gold Coast Titan players, including skipper Kevin Proctor, for breaching biosecurity rules by playing poker machines at the Sydney pub without wearing masks. Uh, Last Thursday night uh, over at the Olympic Room Bar, sorry, the Locker Room Bar at Olympic Park, near where the team was staying, a witness said they were playing, the boys were playing the poker machines for several hours. Well, why wouldn't you? The great poker machines over there. They got Queen of the Nile and each way nudger favourites with everybody who does put a coin into the slot. Now, on Wednesday night, most of the team were in an indoor and outdoor area at the same hotel watching the Timmy Zoo fight. Several players again went inside without masks. Players are allowed inside pubs, but only while wearing masks. A memo, I hope I've said that the right way round. A memo last week to all players stated personnel must wear the surgical N95 mask when indoors in public places and at the same time when social distancing is not possible. Titans are staying at, out at Homebush. Uh, at the NRL, they've been relocated because of COVID outbreak in southeast Queensland. Uh, now, we come to the problem of the Titans coach, Justin Holbrook, was quizzed about the incident yesterday. And he responded in this way, and this is what I mean by calm. Oh, it was just one of those things. We've got to stay on top of it for sure. But obviously a bit more organised in that area than what was happening the other night. It's always changing. We've got to make sure we can adapt as quickly as we can. We don't do anything intentionally, that's for sure. We all know with COVID, things change all the time. We've got to be ready to change it with it to get it right. It was actually in the open area, which is okay. This is, um, you know... Um, Justin talking about Big Kevy, and he was actually in the open area as well, which is okay. It's when you're inside the area, you can't socially distance as an issue. He wasn't in that situation, but that's okay. It's done now. we just got to stay aware of it. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. what a model of calmness that is. Yeah. Yeah. Can you fault that? No, I can't. <clears throat> no. No. The fact that the player did everything wrong is neither here nor there, but the calmness from the person at the <coughs> top 
is yeah. exemplary. Yeah, yeah. It seems to me, actually, that the, the coach, there's a tacit admission there that uh, perhaps the players weren't told. Or we told them and they don't listen. Or they don't listen. See, there's a yeah. lot of not listening going on I suppose in society at the moment. It's like forward passes, you know. You can tell them. You can tell them till you're blue in the face and they still do it. You can tell them to hold the ball all the time, but they drop it. Mm. You can tell them. Mm. But that's the frustration with uh, as a <clears> coach. That's why Sticky blows up. Kicks you know, a chair. On the sideline, kicks mm. the chair and all now, of that. Now he's upstairs in the coach's box. Yeah, yeah. Now, can I ask... And I think there's going to be implications for that. It seemed to me with Sticky always, with whatever team he coached, be it Easts or wherever, standing on the sideline, you know, exploding, <laughs> is that often the players would deliberately do something stupid just to turn around and see what his reaction was going to be. If you are an Australian confused by the terms multi, pick the score, first try scorer or pick the margins, Bludging on the Blind Side provides a free helpline service. Dial 1-800-BACKDOOR-BENNY and make an appointment for the whole family. Now, the NRL is yet to determine what sanctions will be imposed. Gee, the NRL are slow at some things, aren't they? Aren't they? They must have their... Is Kevin Proctor and the Titans, are they going to be sanctioned? Well, well, it's just a ticking off, dude, wouldn't it? Well, an email, surely. Yeah. Kev, we noticed that you're here. Look at the vision. Yeah. Don't do it again, buddy. Don't do it again. See, that's where calmness comes into place. Thank you. If you go off half-cocked like Sticky all the time or Mm. fully cocked like Sticky... They stop listening completely. Yeah, that's right. I mean, sooner or later, Kevin Proctor will be doing things just to get up people's nose. Yes. Now, under tougher biosecurity protocols introduced last Tuesday, I didn't realise they'd come in. Play, oh, is that because of the outbreak in Queensland? Yes. Okay. So it changes. Back, Ch- that's what changes the, all the time. That's yeah. what he's saying. Justin Holbrook, yeah. Players are banned from using public transport, must wear masks, indoor venues. Uh, breaches led to Latrell Mitchell and uh, Josh Addo Carr and Nathan Cleary being heavily fined last year. But... You know, you've got the coach, Wayne Bennett, decides he wants a carbonara and wanders off to yeah, like it. Yeah, I know, I, mean, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, different standards. <laughs> yeah. But that I thought there was a model of calmness there. Yeah. I mean, that bloke could should be in charge of the rollout. You know, oh, the, yes. You know, yes. and now we cross to our commentator so do, on the rollout. Just say, look, we, you know, our fully expectation, we fully expect to have 40, 43 million, um, but it uh, <clears throat> looks like at this stage we've got 14, but... And that's great. <laughs> Correct. We'll Any get other to questions? The, yeah, we'll nope. get to the others. Well, we've got things to do. Masks on. I'm out of here. <laughs> Is that how you do it? I think that's right. <laughs> Can I just say there's a disturbing gap developing in those at the top of the rugby league table and those at the bottom. Now, we've already indicated that the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs have not won any of their matches and they haven't scored a point. In three games. Now, mm. then we have the Manly Seagulls who are in a similarly dire position, but at least they've scored some points. Mm. Yep. When we come to the AFL, there's certainly one or two clubs that are going to struggle <clears throat> yep. uh, in a similar way. And uh, as I may have mm. touched on earlier, their blue and white clubs seem to be having a very bad year. Yep. And here we have uh, Andrew Jones. Yep. Um, he's writing here, the article says... This is a disturbing comment. The salary cap is failing to stop the NRL from descending into a lopsided English Premier League-style competition. Mm. That <clears throat> That is very sobering. Yeah. The Rugby League is like the Premier League. Yeah. Where the big clubs dominate and struggling, clubs, uh, struggling teams are unable to close the gap. 
that's Johnsy's position, Matty Johns's, who fears administrators will be unable to turn around the worrying trend, which has only been amplified in recent seasons. Now, we've touched on this in the past, meaning that players' salary cap's one thing, but there are a lot of other factors here, like whether the club has a good chicken sponsor, who the coaches are, whether the club has good facilities. Is the club in an interesting part of town, no matter what your perspective is? Proximity to poker machines and... Well, I'm sure that's what draws people out to the foot of the mountains. No, I'm sure. So Penrith players have walk-up start, yep. you know, obviously because they've got that fantastic Mulgoa Road complex that they can run right in. Yep. So we have a lot of things. Now, the salary cap uh, wasn't enough to decrease the golfing class and competition. Now, there's a massive difference between the best four teams and the bottom four. The salary cap was brought in to uh, tighten this up. But this year, the biggest split, it's the biggest split we've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. I think something's got to be done. I, I, um, I actually did have a bit of correspondence this week, HG, with uh, the New South Wales Rugby League, not the National Rugby League. No. And I spoke to uh, David uh, Troden, who's, yeah, the, who's the president, uh, who's I think. President of the New South Wales Rugby League. And we came up with a wording, David and I, to try and address this problem. And what I'm suggesting is a simple rule. It would go something like this. If you are playing a team four places above you and you are in the bottom third of the ladder, you will have one 10-minute period in each half with 15 players or the better team is reduced to 11 players depending on the choice of the lower team that is decided at least 48 hours prior to kickoff. That's an excellent rule and so easy to understand. No, that's great. Is that your, you and Dave yeah. have come up with that? Yep. And is he taking that up to Volandis yes. and them? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So, uh, you know. That's I, a great equalising in the structure and playing the structure of the game. game. Yeah, so, never mind the salary cap, never mind no, no, the, no. So, the sombrero, as some call it. Sure. So, you've got, say, Manly playing Storm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 20 minutes in, Manly have, all of a sudden, they've got 15 players out there. Two more for 10 minutes. Well, people are going to love that. I know, a power play in rugby power league. Power play in rugby league or Stormer down to 11. I think that would be a better way to go. Yes. Yeah. So, so it really buggers up their structures. See emerging players. See, and see emerging players. Yeah. Yes. Now. Anyway. He uh, says here after only three rounds, North Queensland, Canterbury and Manly are winless, mm. already lumped with large negative point differentials and some heavy defeats. Yep. Uh, the other end, Penrith and Parramatta, remain unbeaten. The yes. usual su- usual suspects are there, as in the Canberra, South Sydney and so on. Yep. The traditional powerhouse Melbourne are out of the top eight currently, owing to a difficult start of the season against top flight Eels and Panthers. He says, I think some of the lower teams have got a bit of psychological scarring. Oh, I'm sure they have. Look at the Bronx. I know. Hey? When you're down and don't win for a long time, when you're on the wrong end of a lot of th- lot of floggings, you also dismiss the suggestions that exploiting the salary cap was a contributing factor. Mm. People always talk about the sombrero in reference to, say, the East Suburb Roosters yes. or the Sydney Roosters, but sly deals, but honestly, what is it? Is <clears throat> uh, What is it? Is that if you're one of the top clubs, what happens is you get the best players at a slightly undervalued. Now, is that right? The best players want to play in the best clubs. They do. So they're pretty prepared to put their price down. Yeah. Because they get a lot of other side benefits. Yep. And don't tell me there's not sort of uh, brown paper bag work. Oh, of course there is. Rugby league is run on brown paper bags. And fish tanks. And fish tanks. 
the countries most fearful of rugby league. Norway, China and Yemen. Rugby league fact. This is bludging on the blind side. Roy, many years ago, uh, and I know we haven't got to the state of origin who can play topic yet, but we will. Well. Uh, <clears throat> the rugby league, it might have been the New South Wales Rugby League and the Queensland Rugby League, mm. sent a state of origin match to Long Beach in California. They did. It was promoted with a very dramatic, uh, you know, poster mm-hmm. whereby I think... Uh, Wayne Junior Pierce ...was being lifted up by his crew. Held upside down by his crew. And yeah. driven to the ground. <clears throat> People yeah. of America loved that. That was they different did. sensibilities, obviously. Yeah. Finally, that history-making foray has mm. borne fruit. This week... Uh, it's announced that the North American Rugby League yeah, has it. got... I oh know. It's I incredible. It. that Even that. NARL. Yep. I love it. I hope I've said that right. NARL, the North American Rugby League, yeah. wants to hear from you. The NRL will be targeted by, well, let's say, uh, a new US professional rugby league competition, which will feature 14 teams across the country, backed by an annual grants of worth $4.2 million. Yep. I hope that's for each club. Yes, it would be. The NARL was launched in US, I think, about, uh, I don't know, three days ago. Mm-hmm. Two teams are based out of Canada, the Ottawa Aces and the Toronto Wolfpack. Well, we know the Wolfpack. They, uh, Sonny Im- Bill was there. Yeah, and remember Big Dave Coltrane Big Taylor. Big Dave Coltrane Taylor. That uh, might have been our first uh, representative yes, there. That's right. Remaining t- 12 teams away from them, they, they've got a terrific ring. The Atlanta Rhinos. I like that. Austin Armadillos. Good. The Boston 13s, get it, 13 in a team of rugby league. Like. Might have to go to 18 eventually, but doesn't yep. matter. Brooklyn Kings, Cleveland Rugby League. I like that. Simple. Says it all. Cleveland, Cleveland rugby, rugby League. league yep. Las Vegas <clears throat> Blackjacks. Oh, the Blackjacks, good. New York Rugby League. Yep. Uh, the NYRL. Yep. Phoenix Venom. Ooh, Ooh. That's better. Portland Loggers. San Diego Swell, because yep. it's on the coast there. Yep. San Francisco Rush and the Washington Cavalry. Each club will be issued a yearly grant of 300000 That's not very much. That's not much, is it? Especially in America. What, to sponsor an Australian player to go over I think play? so, with money raised through sponsorships and investors. Yeah. Franchise can further increase their finances through club sponsorship merchandise. It'll mean NRL players could earn up to 120 a season to play in the US. Right. All gla- games will be screened globally by fledgling Australian companies' sports flick with games also shown in CBC, Russia, Canada, and uh, throughout <clears throat> Europe and the Middle East. Good, yes. Now, <clears throat> then I was hoping to strike a deal with Fox Sports to show the games here. The opening game will be played, wait for it, June 19th. Fabulous. So it's a summertime yeah. comp. Yeah, okay. In Brooklyn, uh, the Las Vegas, in, in Brooklyn and Las Vegas the next day. Okay. Now, teams will comprise mostly North American players, with imports expected to uh, join the competition in the coming years. There are plans for 14 marquee players to be entered into a draft with one player to be annually purchased and distributed to each franchise. Yes. Those uh, those 14 players will be signed centrally by the NARL former Melbourne, Newcastle and Cronulla player, Dustin Cooper, who's going to play for Boston. I don't know the Cooper story. No, I don't know the Cooper story, but it's a fantastic story. See... These are the seeds. Mm, I know. We never thought it happened. Planted at uh, Long Beach, California. Yeah. All those years ago, that 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 seed that was planted. Look at that. Look at the fruit. I know. It's just incredible. Now, can I point out? Mm. We often bang on here about uh, how China's the sleeping giant in all yes, this. Yes. Yes. Uh, a thousand Alfie Langers. A south. 
Oh. Correct, a thousand Alfie Langers. Yeah. Now, this came back into the news because News Limited, who had a big interest in Super League, yeah. are running a series about Super League 20 years on. Oh, very good. Yeah. Is it too late? Is it too late? Has the bus gone? I mean, China and Australia had a much closer relationship 20 years ago. We did, yeah. Because it was seen as the Well, they liked our wine, they liked our... Lobster. Lobster. Barley. Yeah, all I'm of not that. sure what you can make with that, but that'll yeah. do. Iron ore. And bok Still choy. like the iron ore. They like the iron ore. Mm. And our bok choy, which they've gone right off. Yeah. Now... Is it too late? Is it too late to adapt to, the to model? To realise the, the uh, Super League dream, do you mean? Well. Because the Super League dream was to take rugby league to the world, all corners of the world. I know. No, I'm just. Well, it's going to happen anyway, through osmosis. Just the word gets out. Happy rugby league world. Ah, <laughs> you've summed it up. See? I know. It'll happen. <laughs> This is Max Verstappen Hour on Bludging on the Blind Side. And so we come to the beginning of a national conversation about who should play State of Origin. Now, I think that one of the matches in the coming year is being played in Adelaide. Oh, good. State yes. of Origin. I might be wrong about that. Okay, uh, good. Um, but I know that they, their policy is to move one match. Mm-hmm. Like I think last year they went to Perth, Perth for the they first did. game. No, Perth loved it. They loved it. They, they're talking about rugby league still. Ah, uh, they are now. Yep, we come. I'm pretty sure one of the matches in the coming year, this year, it goes back to the normal, roughly the normal dates, yep. as in the middle of the season, is going to be played in Adelaide. Good. Now we come to who can play. Penrith Powerhouse Viliame Kikau mm-hmm. is the latest Pacific Islander to put his hand up to want to play State of Origin. Good. If the eligibility rules change, now hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. The eligibility rules. Yeah. Is somebody suggesting they should change or they're going to change is or someone why? suggesting, well, hang on, what's predicated, what this is predicated on is that there are eligibility rules and I don't think there are. Let me just go on a bit. Uh, Commission Chairman Peter Valundes, the yeah. owner of the Pantaloons of Plumage, is entertaining an overhaul of origin eligibility. Uh-huh. Oh, Lord. Lord, okay. To cater for players like Jason Tamalolo. Oh. Kikau, who who played 11 tests, I think, for Fiji, would be eligible for Queensland after playing junior league in Townsville before playing under-20s with the Cowboys. Oh, I see, yes. Okay. Now, that mm-hmm. origin has always, uh, that, as in origin, has always been on the range, radar, so if the rules change, I get an opportunity to be good. I want to play my best footy here with Penrith. He's playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if the rule changes and the opportunity comes, then I'm willing to have a crack. A lot of people have asked me about that, but I, as I understand it, I can't play with the rules as they are. Yes. Looking from the other perspective, you wouldn't want to change what origin is all about. This yes. is Kickhouse's position. Yeah. It's all about guys born in Queensland mm. and New South Wales. Obviously, it means a lot to them, mm. like it does for us playing for our island countries. Yes. Okay. There's many ways to go here. Mm-hmm. Eligibility, eligibility rules, even if I could say it. Yeah. Basically, play your first rugby league, that's your state. Well, yes and no. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I think uh, Greg Inglis, born in New South Wales, played I his know. first rugby league in New South Wales. There are exceptions that prove the rule. Well, they don't prove the rule. They prove there is no rule, which means, okay, all right. I think the only way, and I agree with Volandis here, we, we've got a, a 
we've got to face reality with state of origin without spoiling state of origin. Could I suggest that your blueness or maroonness is in your heart? It's your state of mind. It's a state of mind state we're looking for. Oh, that's all very well. <laughs> so, so you could apply. You could have been born, say, in in o- in Orange or Dubbo, played there all your life. But you're a maroon but at heart. In your heart, <laughs> yeah, you're a maroon. Now, can now, I? Can now, I? There'll be up to a panel of psychologists and psychiatrists <laughs> appointed oh. by the Australian or the, the NRL. To determine how genuine, genuine yes. this view is held in the heart of. So if it is a genuine blue-beating heart, even if you're but nevertheless in his fail all your life, you are a blue. Can I just point out? Is this workable? No, because <laughs> when the big three were playing for yeah. the Maroons, yes. they are unbeatable. Yes. You know, Slater, obviously. Yeah. Oh, maybe more than three, but Cronk and uh, Cam up front with the referee. Cam, yeah. Yeah. Now, they're unbeatable. Everybody in Australia would want to play for the Maroons. Mm-hmm. I defy anybody who was saying <laughs> to want to play for the Blues in these in that 10-year period. In that 10-year period, sure. Now, it's yeah. a bit more even, so you might yeah. be able to get a few people wanting to play for the Blues. Yes. But last year, all of a sudden... It was such a debacle mm. because the teams on paper were completely lopsided. The Blues were completely out, you know, the dominant side. Yes. They had all the great players, but they couldn't toss Bennett coach Maroons. No, they couldn't because of whatever that magic <clears throat> dust is that, that Wayne sprinkles peppers around. the heart <laughs> of, the of your genuine Maroon, After no matter where they're born. Yeah. <laughs> what organisation has done more to promote ecumenical bonding than any other single entity? The National Rugby League. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. And our second bit of fat of the afternoon. Terrific, uh, all Roy and HG all the way here. The uh, Dream and the, uh, as in the Sydney Olympics show, the Ice Dream as in the uh, Salt Lake City Games and the that's posters thereof and the This Sporting Life uh, double CD, uh, which is a terrific Wow. Game. So it's an all Roy and HG pack yep. coming up for some lucky listener who can answer the following question, Roy. Yeah, just before I get there, actually, yes. Jan- Janet's been in touch. She says, could you please confirm or deny, is golf month being celebrated in May or October this year? The arrival of the shark has thrown me. Uh, look, I thought I'd read that it was May in Australia, but October in the United States, golf I month. Could easily be. Yeah. You've got me we, on the we'll, ha- we'll get some clarification on yeah. that. We will get clarification. Yeah. Um, now, uh, it seems the Camemberts are gaining momentum. Ah! To add to the proposal, the women's team could be the Camembells, of which there is an obvious cheese sponsor. Hunter Bell Cheese, uh, a wonderful small cheesemaker in the Upper Hunter, has a cheese called Camembert. Think the sponsors are ready to go, and I could help with an introduction for Volandis. Let his people talk to my people. Wow! Because I was the founder of Hunter Bell Cheese, so I'm able to offer these introductions. Isn't that great? That would That's be Kate. Kate's been in touch. That, that would be near the That's Kate from Gunnada, reaching out to create a team. Based on cheese sponsorship from the Hunter Valley, 
for a team in Tasmania. Now, could they that, use I mean, these, that's the modern world, isn't it? It is. Could they use the Scone TAFE as training facilities? Yes, they, of course they could. Because they just have to move a couple of horse flights out of the road. The question is, HG, for yep. this um, terrific prize, what is your understanding of the proposed power play rule for rugby league? What is your understanding of the proposal cooked up by David Troden of New South Wales Rugby League uh, with assistance from myself? Okay. What is your understanding of the proposed power play rule? What sport single-handedly turned Gallipoli from a loss into a win? Rugby League. Celebrated here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Who are we talking to, Roy? Uh, I think we're joined uh, now. Who, now, Michael, are you in Lura or Lithgow? Uh, I'm a suburb of Lithgow, halfway between Katoomba and Lura, which I think is probably Katoomba. Right. Okay. Well, what sort of day you got there today? Brilliant. Too hot. Too hot? Wow. Yeah, it must be 23, 24, 25 degrees or something. Jeez, that's, ex- that's excruciating. Is it uh, yeah. now uh, all that water dried up that you had earlier? Oh, most of <laughs> The desert up there. After a couple of days of this, it'll be back to drought. Yeah, it'll be burning (laughs) off. Now, now, Michael, let's, you know, because of the complexity of this, let's get to your understanding of the um, power play, proposed power play. Well, keeping in mind that you asked for my understanding of it, so I can't go wrong. Yep. If a team in the bottom four is playing a team in the top four, Mm then the team in the bottom four can choose for 10 minutes each half. Either they play with 15 players or the opposition plays with 11 players. That's pretty good. Now, I, 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 I think there should be a, uh, what's the word, Odysseal or something. I, 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 that, that's fair enough. Unless, of course, the team in the bottom four is ahead by more than 30 points. Oh, ah, right. right, yeah. Yes. Well, can yeah. I point out that teams in the bottom four at the moment, one of them has no points, as in no, the differential is whatever it is to zero. <laughs> so I well, think yeah, that, well, but, but, I, I, if they were ahead by 30 points, I'd let them have the 30 points. Yeah. Now, that we'll accept that answer. As you point out, it's your understanding. I think you did incredibly well. Mm. You did incredibly well. It was a bit more elaborate than that because there was an oh, alternative to having 11 players... On the opposition side, what else could you do? Can you recall that? Yeah, I think I mentioned that. Yeah, I think he did. The, the, the oh, okay. The well, you know, can have 15 players. That's right, okay, 15 sorry, or, or 11, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what, you, what you missed, that there had to be a the, the decision made at least 48 hours prior to kickoff, but that's fair oh, enough. Oh, well, well, wait a minute. I'm, that, 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 that's just, you know, taking for granted. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. Wow, Michael, that's a great result. You get a great prize, the double poster pack and the uh, double CD of This Sporting Life. Thanks very much, for, in the meantime, for being part of Bludging on the Blind Side. Rugby League MasterChef is holding auditions for the next series. If you are a ticketed rugby league player, send a sample of your handiwork to MasterChef headquarters. Stand by the stove and listen for details on Bludging on the Blind Side. Back to the problem of state of origin. The Pacific Island community 
would be able to field, I mean, the larger Pacific Island community would be able to field an a, a incredibly competitive team they at could. state oh, origin, yeah. at origin level. Yes, they could. They Do could. you feel as though... <clears throat> we should expand state of origin and, and indeed, why not a, a, an American state of origin team? Down the track, just looking down the track. Yeah, no, I accept that. You know, with this seed that was planted and all NARL. these teams, you know, yeah. you get someone from the Venom and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you know? Come back, though, to the more germane thing. Is, yes. I mean, I'd say uh, unless a fair bit of money goes in, uh, I reckon they're 20 years, 25 years off being competitive with Australian Rugby League. I mean, I, I may be proved wrong. Yeah. Certainly the world hopes I'm proved wrong. Yeah. Uh, but we come to the problem of here and now. We do have uh, a lot of competitive players yeah. who would easily represent a Pacific Island team. Now, the difficulty is is the what will ruin this if Volandis comes up with the wheeze of having a, an NRL side that's Pacifically yeah. – sorry, that's Pacific Islander. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that'll put the kibosh on that. Can you see a, a three-way – Origin series? I don't, I, I don't think that's ever elegant, HG, no. I'm afraid. Look, we've got a great product with State of Origin. Mm. Let's great. not ruin it. Yeah. It's just sad that certain players weren't born in New South Wales or Queensland or didn't play their first rugby league in New yeah, South Wales or Queensland. That's just a fact of or life. weren't born with a blue or maroon heart. But when... We can't... Change reality, HG. We might try to distort it, you know, put on Sticky's green glasses and the world looks a whole lot weirder, (laughs) but it doesn't help. Now, when Aposone and Osi Toga came all those years ago, their Tongan connection. Tongan connection, yeah. Yes. Did they ever want to play? They wanted to play with St George, which was a dominant club. Yes, it was. I understand that. There was no state of origin at that particular point. No, there wasn't a state of origin. There was New South Wales oh, versus Queensland. Queensland. Yes. But, of course, a lot of Queensland players who were playing in New, New South, South Wales, Wales in the club. A very lopsided comp. Would play for New South Wales. Yeah, against so their, and that's they maroon why, hearts playing in blue jumpers. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But did Apisone and Osi Toga ever want to play in that game? You know, I know this is going back and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they expressed specific interest in playing for New South Wales. I don't ever recall them playing no, for New right. South Wales. I don't know if they were that's eligible right. to play for New South Wales. I don't know. Because mm. that would be a similar thing, wouldn't it? Very similar thing. Mm. Mm. It is a problem, isn't it, really? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't know what the, the pressure is going to be when most teams are staffed by Pacific Islanders. Yes. So you have this sort of yeah. subset of mm. players who yeah. then make up state of origin. It's going to look weird, isn't it? It is going to look weird, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know how we can change it. I, I, I the just only thing will be eventually the players who are playing now will have kids who would play their first oh, games of rugby league that's in Australia. That's the future. That's mm. always the future, isn't mm. it? The next generation. The next generation. Mm. These are pioneers we're looking at. The South Australian School of Mines, the Mind and Brain Foundation and that clown show, Matthias Corman, all support Rugby League Week. For the full program, stay tuned to Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, <clears throat> Smith yeah. and the captaincy. Oh, yes. See, this is tricky. Are we needing a new captain yet? Is, is Tim Payne walked away from, or is he starting well, they, to have, people they, starting to have second have doubts about Tim Payne? He went a bit wobbly in the series against India, didn't he? 
Yeah. He lost did, a lot of support there. He was he's poor sportsmanship we saw from I know, Tim Payne. Sort of and I thought he was the one there in store to reintroduce sports. Yeah, Australian values. Yeah. Now the the vice captain, Pat Cummings. Oh yes. Uh, has been trialled as captain in one-day cricket by New South Wales. Oh, yeah. But Australia have historically eschewed giving the national captaincy to a fast bowler. They have. So that's the big stumbling block. Mm. We don't have anybody who can really put their hand up and step up and into the job should Paney walk away yeah. who's not a fast bowler. Yeah. But can you see any reason why a fast bowler couldn't be? Is it take too much out of you to think about who should be in third slip bowling fast or...? Uh, look, I think uh, fast bowlers are often. Uh, well, the two. Not, that... Look, if you put it to a fast bowler at any stage in a match, I think you've probably bowled enough, mate, this stage. Do you think? He's going to say, no, I've got one more in me. Give me one more over. Just give me one more. Just give me one more over. They don't see the wider view. Now, and I think you need someone calmly standing at slips who perhaps bats at three um, <laughs> who can decide whether the bowler, you know, is putting in or not or is being effective or not. I take your point. Three bowlers come to mind. Rod Hogg. R- would you have Hoggy as captain? No. <laughs> then you have... Lenny the Lion. Wait a minute, Lenny the Lion. <laughs> then you have, uh, what's his name, Merv Hughes? Merv Hughes. Well, no. No. So... Um, you, do, you get that weird sort of overlay, or Craig McDermott was the yeah. other one I was thinking on. If you do that again, you're on the first you're on the next player name. Oh, that was AB, yeah. Mm. Well, that's right. But, I mean, Pat Cummins, though, might break the mould. He might be the first fast bowler who's able to have the wider view and be able to take himself off at the right time and put himself on at the right time. What happens if the, if the player at point drops the, drops the catch? Yes. How much... Um, how much, what would I say, calmness would you need given you you were the fast bowler on a hat-trick? Yeah. Well, that gets tricky. That's like uh, well, how does a captain react when he's run out? <laughs> Same deal. <laughs> yeah, you can't <laughs> you just the, Yeah, you have you the bloke sacked. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you've got any power and influence, right. you, that's you right. speak to Langer and say, hey, this bloke, he's got to go. <laughs> I'm not going to captain him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we're stuck with uh, Payne or Smith, but surely there must be other players in the team. Mm. The trouble is we have so many variations of the game or varieties of the game, yeah. we need captains for, for Australia in we all do. of them. We and do. they all need different skills. Uh, what about Mitchell Marsh? <laughs> <laughs> Australia's most likable cricketer. Yeah. Um, what about Sean Marsh? He's been around. He's got a lot of well, experience. Skip and vice, <laughs> vice skip. Um, yeah, what, what about uh, the Marsh, Marsh boys? Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. No. Um, anyway. Do, can I say that one problem that I'd have with uh, Smith coming back, mm. you should have to drop Warner. Oh, yeah. Because I get the or idea. in case it happens again. <laughs> I get the idea that. Well, Warner, well, Warner might have some other ideas. <laughs> Warner might have some other <laughs> yeah, ideas yeah. and he might tell Smith about them. Well, he, would, he, well, he probably would. <laughs> but he'd say, oh, mate, this, there's no way we're going to get caught with this one. There's no way we're going to get caught, Right. Yeah, and we'll get the youngest player, yeah. new, new kid on the block, yeah. to do it. You know, yeah, Pukowski yeah. will do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, of course he he'll do it. Pukowski, yeah. you got your bill. Yeah. So he's just got to dress up and go into the opposition dressing room, right, <laughs> and nick their watches. So <laughs> they're going to, you know, something like that. I don't want to know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. No, you're no, you don't. No, you don't. It's going to work. 
that'll be really annoyed. You've got one. And we're going to say, yeah, we're going to watch it. So what? So what? What are you going to do about it? We're still playing tomorrow at 11 o'clock, whether you know what time it is or not. <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. What a great wheeze. I hate, I just hope no one connected with Australian cricket is listening. No. Because that idea will take legs. We'll oh, it did work. Yeah. <laughs> It'd work. Yeah. Well, sadly, that takes us away from the um, bludge for another week. Remember the podcast of the bludge will be up in a couple of hours' time, and you can relive all the disappointment all over again. If you enjoyed Dud, that's the place to go. Uh, there'll be more bludge next week, and uh, thanks very much for taking the time to be bludges on the blind side this morning. Bye now. This is Rugby League Awareness Week. There are league-related activities across Australia. Pull on the boots, pull up the pants and get involved with bludging on the blind side. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.